fake, fake, fakety fake. Hi, I'm Jody, and welcome to Imperial News, where I spend my whole week listening to the far-right podcast Rebel News, and then talk about conservatives controlling women with my friend Caitlin, who is not here right now. For those of you who don't listen to the show regularly, Caitlin mentioned back on episode 39 that she has some health issues. And so she will not be on the podcast for a bit uh, until all that gets sorted out. But she's doing okay, relatively speaking, so there's no need to freak out and and worry too much about her. But uh, please send her some best wishes if you would like. While she is not here, I also want to congratulate her for passing her comprehensive exams. So congratulations, Caitlin. This means she basically has to complete her dissertation, and she will eventually become Dr. Caitlin. So go, congratulate her, find her on the social medias, and be like, you're cool and awesome and good job. Things uh, were also delayed these last few weeks, not only because of what is happening with Caitlin and the general COVID situation, but I also because I shattered a tooth. I, I have a couple root canals and lost track in my head that I had the root canals and therefore ate a hard candy, which destroyed one of my uh, teeth. So that situation is now fixed, but it made recording this particular podcast a a bit more difficult. I would have sounded like I had a a mouthful of uh, just grossness. (laughs) So so I delayed recording it. Uh, So uh, sorry for that. But my hope going forward is that we will get shit done on time. But this year has been a nonstop assault on both our physical and mental well-being. So nevertheless, we persist. I just want to thank everyone who is listening for your patience as we work through all this shit. So thank you again for listening. With all that being said, this episode is going to be super short. Not just because Caitlin is not here, but... Nothing really happened this week on the show. So at the end, I'm going to talk about something that's not really something that was mentioned on Ezra's show this uh, the week that we're covering, but I hope you enjoy it anyways. As for The Rebel, I will sum it all up anyways. So here it is, the Imperial Roundup. Hello, my Rebels. Hello, my Rebels. I'm a good boy. I'm a weirdo. This is what happened on The Rebel from August 10th to August 14th. Ezra thinks a Scottish hate crime bill, or what Ezra refers to as a censorship law, is evil, but spends most of his time pointing out the race of one of the bill's supporters rather than on the implications of the bill itself. The bill was defended by MSP Hamza Youssef, who is the cabinet secretary for justice, and happens to be not European enough for Ezra. I wonder why that is. The bill is an attempt to make illegal speech that calls for targeted hatred against racial or sexual minorities in Scotland, which is sadly ironic that right-wing propagandizing about this bill has led to violent threats against Yusuf and his family. Rebel News, in particular David Menzies, the Menzoid, is taking credit for exposing conservative mayor of Brampton, Patrick Brown, who is accused of using a publicly funded ice rink during COVID restrictions for the public. As someone who vehemently dislikes both parties in this dispute, all I have to say on this matter is, let them fight. Holy mackerel, I think I see Patrick Brown himself. Oh, hey, how you doing? Mr. Brown, right? Yeah. David Manzi, the Rebel News. 
you're in a city facility? What's that? You're in a city facility? Yeah, so are yeah. you. Yeah. So are you yeah. playing hockey here? Or? No, I'm just coming to check in our facility. So okay, I'm going to... We're gonna check you. You're, you're not supposed to be here. Actually. We were told that uh, you play pickup here, Mr. Brown. How come uh, the kids in Brenton can only practice sports, but your buddies can play hockey? Yeah. So um, I don't know why um, you are harassing people in the city of Brampton, but you shouldn't be. Oh, who's harassing who? You're you your guy handed out 122 bylaw violations. In one week, Mr. Brown, why is there a hockey game going on in this arena? I thought you're only allowed to uh, practice sports, not play them. And who is paying the $1,000 a day, Mr. Brown, for this rink? Mr. Brown, are these taxpayer dollars being used for your buddies to play hockey on this rink? Or are you paying it? Or perhaps we'll lead Solomon. So Mr. Brown, why is it one law for me and one law for thee in this city? Mr. Brown? The Menzoid, who guest hosted the Rebel on August 11th, interviewed an anti-mask protester named Chris Skye. Beyond all the obvious anti-science bullshit promoted by these groups, Chris Guy, whose real name is Chris Sikosha, is a far-right conspiracy theorist who has promoted racist groups like the National Citizens Alliance. The stellar and hardworking activist at Anti-Racist Canada dug up old posts by Chris where he promoted the Great Replacement conspiracy theory, something that we have already talked about on this show, but to some is supposed to be a plot usually by the evil Jews to suppress white breeding and thus create a white genocide. He also thinks that Muslims burned down Notre Dame for some reason, because why not? Might as well be racist against everyone. He seems like an all-around swell dude and the perfect guest to host on your show. The 12th was hosted by Kian Bext, whose main gripe is postmodern Black Lives Matter art, apparently. Now, I'm not sure what about this art uh, that has yet to be displayed makes it postmodern, but Kian is mostly upset that this art is replacing an old wall mural that was pro-veteran in the city of Calgary. Both murals were sanctioned by the city of Calgary, but it's weird that only the Black Lives Matter mural is being protested by Kian. I wonder why. However, Kian will be getting what he wants since right-wing outrage again caused a violent and racist backlash against the artists and the city, and the mural will now be put on a different wall at a later date. Congratulations, Kian. Kian is also upset about police who punched a young white farmer in the face near Didsbury, Alberta. As I suppress the urge to vomit, I agree with Kian. Police are not good, and what they did to this young farmer was unjust. However, Kian wants to use this young man's case as evidence of some kind of hypocrisy for Black Lives Matter. In reality, the calls for defunding the police are going to help everyone, even if the reason for Black Lives Matter is about proportionality and not that white people are never abused by police. So I can't wait for Kian to join us in the street and demand justice uh, against police uh, brutality. But I won't hold my breath for the dude who used to work for a company that sold Rhodesian flags to racists. 
The 13th was hosted by Sheila Gunn-Reed, who talks about liberal MP Catherine McKenna, who was recently called uh, a cunt by a constituent who is now being investigated for a hate crime. This is not the only time this has happened to McKenna, whose office has been vandalized with that word before. And even if I might disagree with her politically, this is a sad indictment of the sexism that still exists in this country. But for Sheila, this ongoing sexist harassment is just another example of snowflake liberalism, apparently. It is worth noting, however, that the individual who called McKenna a sexist slur is named Jeff Clayton and also called Corey Hearn, the man who, the man who was arrested trying to murder Justin Trudeau, Jeff Clayton called this uh, man a hero. So, like always, this isn't just some one-off by an angry constituent, but a pattern of behavior amongst the, the people that the rebel covers. I shouldn't need to remind frequent listeners to the show, but the rebel has been calling McKenna a drunk who lies consistently on their show. So, just like several other stories mentioned this week, the rebel's racist and sexist chickens always seem to come home to roost. And that is The Week. There wasn't anything too meaty to dig into this week, since it was clear Ezra is either on vacation or busy with all of his lawsuits. I'm not sure which, but likely busy with the lawsuits. I was requested, however, by our Joel Pollock interrupting cell phone patron, Ken, to discuss the wet-ass pussy. Whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. I said certified free. Seven days a week. Wet ass P word. Make that pullout game weak. Yeah. 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 You effin' with some wet ass P word. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass P word. Give me everything you've got for this wet ass P word. Beat it up, N word. Catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this P word right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top, I wanna ride. I do a kangle while it's inside. Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes. This P word is wet, come take a dive. It continues uh, along these lines. Uh, and it gets significantly, significantly more vulgar. Like, oh, a lot more vulgar. I won't go into detail about the utter embarrassment of Ben Shapiro, but if you give our show money, we are obliged to do what we are told, and so I played the clip. However, I did want to talk about the general conservative backsplash that was moistened by the utterly drenched genital area of individuals who happen to have a uterus. I also want to acknowledge up front that I am a dude, and so please go search for more diverse voices on this subject and let me know if you disagree with anything here, although I think what I'm about to say should be rather uncontroversial. I had a really awkward exchange with several people I am acquainted with about the utter depravity of the song Walk by Cardi B and the and Megan Thee Stallion, I guess I should mention her as well, and the possible ramifications this tune will have on the development of uh, women's sexuality and the subsequent behavior of men towards women. One refrain that you might be familiar with is that somehow listening to this song will convince women to be more sexually open and thus degrade them or cheapen them in that they would be more willing to give, give the sex away for free. I have found this sentiment uh, being expressed by people who are atheists, who you would think would have no reason to perceive these sexual acts as somehow sacred and therefore apt to be degraded in some kind of metaphysical sense. 
But no matter what you believe, this notion about degradation is itself the manifestation of patriarchal norms, and so you're not going to get coherent or consistent answers from those who expound on it, right? If you appeal to some sort of like mystical thing, like, oh, the, the sex, the mystical sex is being degraded, what th material thing can you point to to make that argument? You can't. The first thing to take away is that there is nothing in this song that promotes promiscuity or even a more open sexual appetite. Since the tune is mostly about personal sexual enjoyment and pleasure, and not about giving sex away to many partners. But even if it was about that, why do these people care? The obvious reason is that uh, caring about this is another way to control women's sexuality. And the sad thing is, many of the friends who have expressed these ideas to me are themselves women. Which just tells you how much power these patriarchal norms have and why WAP is actually culturally important in subverting existing patriarchal norms surrounding sex. Related to this is the other complaint that somehow this song will make men more likely to sexually abuse women because it teaches men that women just want to give sex freely and casually all the time, so you might as well just go and get it and not listen or respect them. Again, this is not at all explicit in the song, but something multiple people have told me. Aside from the obvious fact that men should never be abusive to women, period, and that even if a woman is more casual about who she chooses to sleep with, consent remains the most important fact here. The problem with men's behavior in this instance is, again, patriarchal norms, not a Cardi B song. The patriarchal norms uh, perpetuate the idea that sex is strictly procreative and controlled by men. God forbid that a woman desires sexual pleasure, too. That would just be awful. Ugh as you could tell by the Shapiro freak out. Instead, complaining about the song and its effect on men's behavior is again, blaming abuse on women. In this case, it's blaming the abuse on women who are singing about their own sexual pleasure, which should be perfectly fine. I'm not even gonna get into some of the, the hypocrisy. I, I, this is a topic uh, uh, regarding like art, culture, music, and how it shapes our like sort of like sexual perspective. I remember getting in an argument with a cousin of mine who was shaming the music that uh, her daughter was listening to, and I, I think back then it was like the weekend. It was some again a male singer as opposed to a female singer, but being very sexually explicit, and that seemed to be the problem for my cousin was that this music was sexually explicit, even though. Uh, from what I remember, the tune itself was not very, like, it wasn't harmful in what it was, say, telling the audience, necessarily. I haven't listened to The weekend's whole catalog, so maybe that's not consistent through all of uh, their work. But it struck me that this is, that my cousin is someone who grew up listening to kind of, like, classic rock. And the first thing that pops into my head right away is something like Ted Nugent, who's now this, like, right-wing hero, who would sing songs like Cat Scratch Fever, which is very, very explicitly sexual. And not only that, he had a song called Jailbait, which basically promoted uh, sex with uh, rape, I guess, with with underage children. And uh, so it's just this idea that somehow, uh, somehow today's music is somehow worse than what existed 30 to 40 years ago. And it's just not the case. Music has always been sexual. I mean, like we had to deal with the fact of Elvis swaying his hips uh, back in the day, and uh, that kind of trying to police what people listen to is still going on today, especially regarding women and their sexuality. Now, to bring it back into the realm of what we do on this podcast, it is rather depressing that this conservative pushed controversy over a pussy so wet it requires a bucket and a mop is being 
pushed during a global pandemic and an uprising against police in the name of Black Lives. So why is this the topic du jour during all the chaos that surrounds us for conservatives? It's important to like spell this out, right? This pandemic is likely going to put women further behind in the workforce. Given how conservative governments have botched school reopenings, if, if I put on my own conspiracy hat here, I think Doug Ford's entire plan is to botch the school openings to both keep women at home to take care of the kids, satisfying their conservative Christian fascist base, but also to gut public funding for education in the process to further exacerbate this problem going forward, to perpetuate this idea that the place for women is to be at home to raise the kids and that the patriarchal figurehead of the household needs to go off and be the breadwinner, right? This sort of idea that's been pro perpetuated. The conservative governments are hoping that this is going to come out of this crisis. So even if you hate this song purely for aesthetic reasons, I hope the takeaway is that we should stop trying to tell women what to do with their bodies. We should stop trying to undermine the availability of reproductive health. We should make childcare universally available. And also, play WAP so loud your conservative neighbors can hear it. with the theme of the show today, I want to promote an event that's occurring on August 29th, which is this upcoming Saturday. It's the Black Lives Matter movement in Canada is throwing a national event across uh, Canada. I know for sure that it's happening in Calgary, Halifax, Fredericton, Toronto, and London, Ontario. For the exact time and place of the event, I would recommend following the Black Lives Matter uh, London Facebook group. They should place the info there. I do know that it's going to be happening in Victoria Park for anyone in town. So yes, please make it out to that. I'm also going to try my best to make it out to it. If, again, we, we sort of briefly mentioned this on the, the last, or I think episode 39 again, about how Black Lives Matter, like it's it's not just an American problem. And even locally, like we talked about, there's this one incident and I don't know if I, I mentioned her name. So there was a death of an indigenous woman named Deborah Lee Christian who died in police custody because the police officer refused uh, or just neglected to give her medical help during a, a medical crisis, even though she was in the back of his police cruiser. He was found guilty of this crime back in December, I believe, December or January. And he's still on the payroll of the London police force. Now, part of that is argued that it's not the fault of the police force itself. It has more to do with the police union in town because it's stipulated in the police union contract that officers can't just be let go if they're charged with a crime or found guilty. It only comes during sentencing. And part of the issue is because of COVID, sentencing has been delayed. So I think for this officer, sentencing is going to happen in September. So from January till September, this guy has been paid by uh, our tax money, even though he was found guilty of neglect, neglectful murder, basically. So uh, solidarity with Deborah Lee Christian's family and uh, the indigenous community in town who uh, 
has a rough go with it. And and it's it's sad that our police force continues to behave negatively towards indigenous people. The other putting it putting it back into Black Lives Matter issues, we also had the the unfortunate death of uh, Caleb Nyoko, who, like Regis Korczynski Paquette, for anyone who's been following, uh, she was someone who who fell out of a balcony during a mental health checkup in Toronto that sort of sparked our own Black Lives Matter, uh, the recent Black Lives Matter uprising that was occurring when after the death of George Floyd. Caleb also fell from his balcony in London and, and died. Uh, during a police mental health checkup. And part of the, the annoying thing here too is the police officers, there's something stipulated in the contract when there's an investigation like this. They don't actually have to give sort of like uh, a testimony to, to what happened during that incident. So even though this death happened and even though it's happened during one of the biggest uprisings uh, against policing, especially against Black Lives, our police force has just simply decided that they're kind of going to push it aside. And like, I mean, of course, from their perspective, they're going to say that like nothing bad happened. We don't need to investigate it. We did everything by the book, whatever. But if if it's a pattern, shouldn't we be paying attention to this? Shouldn't we care about this? Uh, we shouldn't be sending, well, for one, we shouldn't be sending police to do mental health checks in the first place. So this is an ongoing crisis in Canada, as well as in the United States. So I do encourage, we need to keep the pressure up, uh, especially locally, but also across Canada. So please show up to these protests and there will be more cities added. And so hopefully you can find that as well. And uh, I hope to see you all in the streets. If you enjoy what you've heard so far, please give us a few bucks over on patreon.com slash imperial news. If you wanna stay informed about what we are doing, you can also find us on Twitter at imperial news with a Z. We have a private Facebook group called Imperial News. We also have a Discord set up. You can find the link on our Twitter. Lastly, you can email us any questions at imperial.fake.news at gmail.com. Special thanks to my friend Mason Tickle for the transition beats. You can find his work at striadam.bandcamp.com. And special shout out to Caitlin. I hope you are feeling better. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to get certified a freak seven days a week. Albumia, Albumia, how lovely are your wheat fields?